Hello and welcome to Upstage the Podcast, your regular dose of theatre news and reviews. I'm Rachel. And I'm Abby. This week we're going to talk about theatre news, we're going to review Bat Out of Hell, which we saw last week, and we're going to talk about Newsies, because it is International Workers' Day on the 1st of May, which is Tuesday, as you're listening to this, so we thought, why not use it as an opportunity for Abby to talk about Jeremy Jordan a little bit? I'd like to get him in as much as I can. Yeah, you do. So, news... The hosts for this year's Tony Awards have been announced and it will be Sarah Bareilles and Josh Groban. Hooray! I think they're actually going to make an enjoyable pair. I can imagine Josh Groban being really charming as a presenter. He's always good on a sort of late night talk show. He is, he's great on Glee. Great on Glee, great voice. Mm -hmm. Um, He was in... Tasha Pierre on The Great Comet of 1812. Yeah, I couldn't even, I was like mentally preparing myself to get that title out kind of last year on board was it yes. last year or two years I ago I think it now? was two years ago and last year yeah and Sarah Bareilles has just finished yes. in Waitress but wrote the music for Waitress which is yes. on Broadway now hoping for some good little musical numbers from the two of them I'm hoping there'll be some good maybe there good piano be. stuff they're both good on the piano aren't Ooh, they oh yes I think they'll I think they'll be quietly fun very enjoyable not so. as flashy maybe as the Neil Patrick Harris James Corden's but no but My only fun. worry is that because it's hard to host an award show, isn't it? I always find it a challenge. Mm. Um, and I don't know whether either of them have done it before. Correct me if I'm wrong, loyal listeners. Know. But I don't know if either of them have hosted before. And I think it can be quite a tricky thing to do well. That's to true. like look natural, even when it must be terrifying. Yeah. It must be so scary. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be good and I'm excited. And they're interesting. I wouldn't have yeah. predicted them. I don't know who no, I would have predicted. No, they're not a typical choice. It's not like... It's not just like Neil Patrick Harris again, although I love Neil Patrick I, Harris. I mean, I think obviously. he did the best Tony's. Yes, I agree. We've seen, but you know, these give guys, other people a chance. These guys will be great Neil. too. So there have been some new UK tour and productions announced. So Les Mis is going to go on tour with Killian Donnelly as Jean Valjean. He's currently in the West End. He's been in the show for ages. He was on Jurassic. I saw him as on Jurassic actually. He was good. Obviously, he was also in Kinky Boots. So no more cast announced for that yet. But good opportunity to see Les Mis if you are a regional listener. Yeah. Coming to a town near you. Um, and also a UK tour of American Idiot is going to launch, which I don't think... It had a brief, like, off West End run Yeah, here, but I don't think it's been much. With Amelia Lilly from X Factor was in it. Yes. But there's not been a tour before, so if you like Green Day, go and see that, probably. Sure. There's also been a couple of London seasons announced, so at the Young Vic and at the National Theatre... There's a lot, a lot of stuff happening, obviously, so I'm not going to run through all the titles. What I will say is that this is um, Kwame Kwe Armour's first season at the Young Vic. Yeah, this um, was exciting. Since he took over as creative director, artistic director. Yes. Big guy in charge. And an initiative that he's put in place, which I think is really great, is that the first preview for every show is going to be um, £5 tickets all round, available on Today Ticks. So... I just think that's a really nice way to get yes. people into theatre. I think the Young Vic is a sort of theatre that makes a real effort to diversify audiences and make it yeah. theatre accessible to everyone. Yeah, which is great. It's a great initiative. A great way I'm to I'm sure go. we'll be taking advantage of that offer at some point. I'm sure, yes. And in terms of the National Theatre, another fantastic season coming up there, including Hades Town, which mm. is a new musical that opened off-Broadway a couple of years ago, hasn't made it to Broadway yet, but has been very well received, generally, and this is its UK premiere. So Great. I think that's very exciting. And that is towards the end of the year. Yes, I think so. Yes. I want to say November. I also I'm want to sure. say November. I think October, November. Yeah, maybe around Halloween. Maybe that's what they Ooh, were thinking. Spooky. Spooky, Hades. Spooky. Ooh. Ooh. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Hooray! 
And another contemporary musical that's been in the news the past week or so is Be More Chill, which is a high school kind of... It's a weird one to... Is it like 13? I think they're older, but I think it's something to do with mm. getting a chip in your brain. I don't really understand. Chip in your what? In your brain. Something. Oh. I don't really know what it is. But it's contemporary. <laughs> it's hip. But it's the contemporary. Kids, the kids love it. Great. And that is opening off-Broadway, and it will be starring Will Rowland, who is in Dear Evan Hansen, or... Yeah, he still is. He's, he is leaving soon, mm. because he's going to be in this. So I'm excited to hear what people think of that. I haven't ever listened to the whole cast recording, although one does exist, but I know that it's a musical that people really like, and it'll be good for it to get a, a really prominent production. Good. So that's it for the news. Our review this week is on Bat Out of Hell, which we saw last week. It's had its opening night last Thursday. It's commonly sort of known as the Meatloaf musical, but it's technically not. It's the music of Jim Steinman, who wrote a lot of songs for Meatloaf, but also wrote some for Air Supply. And I want to say Pandora's Box. Bonnie Tyler, he wrote for... Heart. Um, heart. This he wrote... is heart. Pretty... <laughs> yes. Pretty much every big power ballad. Yes. Really, yeah. he wrote. He wrote. Um, it's so it's, it's his music rather than Meatloaf-specific music. Although it happens to be music that was only ever sung by Meatloaf yeah. that he wrote. We went to see it. We had, let, should we say low expectations? Just because, you know, it's, a, it's a jukebox musical, do yeah. you know what I mean? It's not, you know. And I still sort of feel like, did it need to exist? But I will say that if you like this kind of music, which I happen to, then I had a perfectly enjoyable evening. I didn't dislike it. I would probably see it again because the like scale and like the scope, the scale of the stage and the set is incredible. Like there are so many moving parts and it's it's huge. Like there's a lot of like cool sort of like a motorbike explodes at one point and that's quite cool. Um, so the scale of it is really good and the, the the songs are so big and the cast like, are really energetic and so you know. All that is very enjoyable. I enjoyed it significantly more than Evita and significantly more than Bend It Like Beckham the musical, which is like my barometer for, like, is this know, the worst I still thing think ever? Bend It Like Beckham. No, better. you don't. I think I had a more fun night at Bend It yes, Like Beckham. Yes, because we laughed at it the entire time. But also because I knew what was going on. I'm not sure I could tell you now well, that what was the, the story of Battle of Hell That is the is. main flaw. There isn't really a plot. It's sort of... It's a mix between Peter Pan and Romeo and Juliet in that there are some characters who hit the age of 18 and then stop ageing, but that's never really properly explained. Yeah. <laughs> apart from, like, one line. And then there's a girl who has quite control of her father and wants to run away to be with this guy who is one of these 18-year-olds. Um, and... Like, nothing seems to happen. I mean, some things happen, but then it's like, at one point everyone's in prison, but then they escape, but it's not explained why they were there or how they escape. It's it's kind of everything's happening and nothing's happening at the exactly, same time. Exactly, But it, it doesn't is. necessarily matter, because I feel like the nothing whole point matters. is that it's a spectacle. And the music is loud and quite good and big. The only slight flaw is that a lot of Jim Diamond songs are really long, so you could just cut, like, a whole verse and chorus out and it'd still be six minutes long, and that is long enough to listen to one piece of music. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I would say if you like a power ballad, go and see it. And if you don't like a power ballad, what's wrong with you? It's true. That is a good point. So the main thrust of today's episode... Ooh, thrust, okay. <laughs> Bit of narrative thrust... It's going to be about Newsies. So tell us about Newsies, Abby. I love Newsies. Mm-hmm. Newsies is a Disney musical based on a film of the same name, which was released in 1992. The year of my birth. 
the year of Rachel's birth, mm. um, which starred Christian Bale, a young Christian Bale. And the reason we're talking about it today, as Rachel said earlier, is because it's International Workers' Day, and Newsies tells the story of the Newsboys' strike of 1899. Ooh. Basically, the Newsboys were young children who sold newspapers around specifically New York for this show and the strike. They would buy newspapers from the big newspaper companies and the New York Timeses of yeah. the world. And they would go and sell them on the streets. Um, for a small for, profit. Yeah, for not a whole lot of money. No. A lot of these kids were orphans and were kind of living in extreme poverty. And this was all they had to help them survive. They formed sort of their own union of sorts to go on strike in 1899 for better... Well, I mean, it's... How do I... How, how to say... Well, they went on a strike. So basically they went on strike because the bosses were trying to screw them out of money. Well, mm-hmm. they were trying to make more money and so um, changed the... It's said really succinctly in a song and now I'm probably going to say what they say in one lyric in about mm-hmm. ten sentences. Go on. But it kind of worked. This, maybe this isn't a great comparison to make. But kind of worked in the same way as the big issue that the yeah. newsboys would buy a certain amount for a certain amount of money and, and then they would sell it they on can. for more yeah. and they would make the difference in profit. So what Pulitzer and Hearst, who were the um, guys in charge of the biggest newspapers at the time, wanted to do was charge the newsboys more money for all Each the papers, paper. yeah. but they would still be sold at the same price. So in order to make the same amount of money, the newsboys would have an incentive um, to sell more. They'd have to sell more to make the same amount of money, and for each paper sold, the bosses would make you know, even more money. It's a smart idea. It is smart, <laughs> and it is If you don't care awful. about humans. Yeah. If you have no consideration <laughs> for other people's quality of life, then great plan. Yeah, great idea. Um, solid business, except that these young boys were like, Nah, not so don't much. think we'll do that. I mean, they'd been screwed over a lot in the past. Obviously, their lives were pretty shit. But turns out you can push even people who have pretty much nothing to live for mm. to the point where they're going <laughs> to turn around and say no. Bleak. Yep. So, a little bit about the Broadway production. It opened in March 2012 on Broadway, having mm-hmm. had a short run the previous year out of town. And it was only meant to be a limited run, but actually went on until 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Nederlander Theatre on Broadway, and it was the fastest Disney musical on Broadway to turn a profit. Which is interesting, Which because quite interesting. they've had so many musicals. They've had some really big, big shows. And Newsies is not sort of a famous Disney film that you'd think would draw people in no. immediately. So the film itself in 1992 was pretty much a flop. Mm. It didn't really... I don't think it made back the money that it cost to make it. Awkward. But over the years, it got sort of cult following so mm-hmm. I think by the time it opened on Broadway a lot of people who would have watched it as children were grown up and were sort of in the consumer market and could pay yep. for those tickets and also I think it just probably didn't cost as much as other Broadway shows to produce true it's quite a basic set yeah looks great but kind of it doesn't have the same sort of complexity as like an Aladdin or yeah. a Little Mermaid that no. kind of thing it's got a fantastic team of creatives it sure it. does it sure um, does so the books by Harvey Firestein who He's just done everything. He's an actor, but also has written he does, book for Casual yeah. Fall and Kinky Boots. Yeah. And it's just everywhere. He I is feel everywhere. Like. Um, he's, in, he's been in so many things. So many things. Harvey Feierstein, not Harvey Weinstein, just to be clear. Yeah. I, I often get that confused. And in I my do head feel sometimes. bad for Harvey Feierstein so these do days. I. Because so do it I. is dangerously close. It is. But Harvey Feierstein, as far as we're aware, is a, a very nice man. Solid. Talented. 
Yeah. Just not kind abusing. gentlemen. Not abusive. Um, and the music's by Alan Menken, who has even more done everything. An he wrote absolute pretty much king. For our age group, pretty much every Disney yeah, film Yeah, so we all grew of up like, the Disney Renaissance films. So yeah. he wrote Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Hercules, Pocahontas, Aladdin, and Hunchback of Notre Dame, which is my favourite Disney score ever. Is it? Interesting. That's also Alan Menken. He is great and... He's fantastic. And he also wrote Little Chopper Horrors. He did. He's done so much. So much. The, I think he has the most Oscars ever. I feel like that might be the case. I think that might be the case. Or oh, he's got... He's got a lot of Because he also Oscars. writes scores for things and he's yeah. just... A true hero. A true hero. For the modern era. Um, and the lyrics for this show were by Jack Feldman, who I had to Google because I was like, I don't actually know no. this, you know, in this kind of powerhouse trio, who's this guy? And then I found out that he wrote the lyrics to Copacabana by Barry Manilow. An so, absolute classic. <laughs> clearly his talent trumps these other two guys. <laughs> because where would the world be oh, without that song? That is such a good song. And what a story. Oh my God. I also, well, we're talking about creatives. I think yes. um, the choreography deserves yes, a, a special really mention. special mention. It won the um, Tony Award for Best Choreography. The choreographer is Christopher Gatelli, mm. and he did a great job. So basically, 99% of the Newsies cast is young men. Yes. And young dancing men. Young dancing men. Like, offensively young, as in, like, at the end of Curtain Call, every now and then, they would announce that one of the cast members had graduated from high school. Aww. And you're just like, that's depressing. <laughs> but they were all incredible dancers. Yes. And I think the show works really well because it's got this really powerful choreography ensemble. Mm. And, I mean, obviously, this is a podcast, so you can't see it. But YouTube clips of Newsies, because there are some yes. really great performances of them just... Oh, it's such, such well, a clean choreography. Well, the filmed version was... There's a filmed version. There is a whole filmed version, that is true. Of Newsies on Broadway And it's actually filmed in not too annoying a way because, That's you good. know, they do it wide so that you can see the dance. You just want to see... I don't want to see a close-up. I don't want to see someone's face when someone's doing, like... Five a, pirouettes. Yeah, a pirouette, a somersault. A jump split. Just everything. Just, it's really fantastic choreography. Good. And definitely adds to the songs. Which are also good. Which are also... Excellent. I mean, really fun. Just like classic, rousing. Yeah, rousing. You want to sing along. You want to join the strikes. Yeah, yeah. I'm there with them. Caitlin makes me want to die for France. Newsies makes me want to. I think we should all go on strike. The whole the whole world should go on strike (laughs) because we all deserve better. Now is the time to seize the day. Um, What's your favourite song from the musical, Abby? I think it's really it's really tricky. It might be seize the day. I do think seize the day. Is a really fantastic it's a really song. good one. It's a really good and one. really captures that union sort of energy. What is Seize the Day about? What is happening in Seize the Day? They're basically singing about how even though they're the little guys and they don't have a voice individually, if they all group together, they can make a difference. So wrongs will be righted if we're united. Let them let, seize the let day. Let them seize the day. Mm. We be gone if we stand as one. Someday become somehow, and a prayer becomes a vow, and the strike starts right down now. Now is the time to seize the day. Now is the time to seize the day. Call and 
I mean, it is. It's Disney. It's made for kids. It's not subtle, and it's not <laughs> like it's not um, intricate music, or you know, there's not mm. many layers. But it, it packs the punch. You know exactly what the story is about. You know what's happening. You know and what you, just, you know what you're getting. That is powerful. The that is powerful. It is a. I mean, while like veering off song slightly, maybe I just love the fact that Disney of all people made this film and then musical. Yeah. Where it's like one of the biggest corporations in the world is like, no, nah, corporations are bad. <laughs> yeah. We hate Down capitalism. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. What's your favorite song, Rachel? My favorite song in the musical is "Watch What Happens," which is sung by one of or the only no one of the only female characters in the show yeah there's two female characters in the show probably the lead female character yeah for sure um who was played by Cara Lindsay who's got a very nice very yep. Disney voice very um, Disney. she plays a character called Catherine Plummer who is a journalist and she ends up falling in love with the lead newsy and she before that decides to cover like the strike but yeah it's a, it's a song about her realising that this is the thing that she wants to write about and kind of getting on board with their cause. Behind the story, thousands of children exploited, invisible. Speak up, take a stand, and there's someone to write about it. That's how things get better. Give life's little guy some ink. And when it tries, just watch what happens. If anyone's seen the film out there but hasn't seen or heard the Broadway version, she is a combination of Jack's love interest in the film, Davy's sister, and the journalist who's in the film but is a guy and probably ah. would be more realistic. So as far as I can tell, there wasn't a prominent female journalist who covered the Newsboy strike of 1899, although there's a lot of journalism out there, which you can read online, which is kind of cool and fun. Mm. But she was inspired by this woman called Nellie Bly, who was a journalist around the time and was in New York and wrote on kind of workers' rights and basically championing the little guy in her journalism and kind of more investigative journalism. And I think the character of Catherine Plummer is a really great addition to the Broadway show because otherwise there wouldn't be much for a woman to do. Like, the Mm. love interest character in the film is very two-dimensional. Yeah. Just doesn't really add anything and would just seem very forced into this show. So this is a nice way to show a different aspect and it's nice to see... A uh, strong female lead in a show. Yes, always. That is, you know, a lot about men. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, um, but that's I guess kind of accurate of the time. Yeah, um, but that doesn't make it okay. Doesn't make it okay. We should also talk about Santa Fe, which is Santa a classic, a classic Alan Menken song. It really is. It's the sort of big ballad, the big I want song at the beginning of the show. Yes. So the lead character is Jack Kelly, and he um, is based on a lot of real life newsboys kind of combined into one he's kind of the leader of the strike and he wants to move to santa fe he doesn't like new york he hates the to be honest pretty bleak life he's been forced Mm. to live so he wants to leave new york it hasn't you know it wasn't kind to his Mm -hmm. father or to him and he wants a better life in a small town smaller town in santa fe so that's the sort of the big classic menken ballad and it's sung by Jeremy Jordan on the original cast recording. Everybody's favourite, Jeremy Jordan. Genuinely, pretty much everyone's favourite. And he has oh, such a beautiful voice for it. Santa Fe, my old friend. I can't spend my whole life dreaming. Though I know that's all I seem inclined to do. I ain't getting and I want to start brand new I need space 
So Jeremy Jordan played Jack Kelly, very much the lead of the piece, mm-hmm. but it had such a great ensemble cast. It did. On Broadway. So his sort of best friend is um, Crutchy, played by Andrew Keenan Bolger, oh. who's just tiny and, and precious. Um, <laughs> Davy, who's another sort of strike leader, was played by Ben Fankhauser, another great actor. I mean, it was yeah. all these sort of really amazing, young, talented dancer kind of all fresh faces yes um ryan Steele, who i think is one of the best dance talents broadway has to offer i agree um played a character called specs who doesn't have much in terms of singing but would always chuck in a, a nice pirouette mm. a nice um just anything mm. they all they were all insanely good dancers yeah so in terms of historical accuracy i feel like that's often um something you think of when something's based on real life mm-hmm. and so we had a kind of little look into this when we thought about talking about Newsies today and turns out the the stage show is surprisingly historically accurate Mm -hmm. so obviously it was a two-week strike and it's only a two-hour show so it cuts a lot down for example there was a big march on Brooklyn Bridge that isn't in the show but what they do show is all the newsboys from different areas in New York coming across and they featured the leaders of the Brooklyn Newsies, who is based on a real character. A lot of the characters' names are taken from the real yep. kids at the time. There's a big rally that's in the show that happened in real life. And there's kind of police violence against these kids in the show, which again happened in real life. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, of really accurate stuff. One thing that they do change, obviously the female journalist is, you know, a slight fictionalisation. Yep. Yep. But another kind of, in terms of, the actual strike itself one thing that was different is they gave it a slightly happier ending but the good news is that the newsboys did have victory to some extent so basically when they didn't sell their newspapers they couldn't sell them back yeah so they would just lose the money of anything they didn't sell yeah but as a result of this strike they were able to sell any papers they couldn't sell back to the printing houses or whatever so that was really good for them and obviously meant that they were not losing a load of money at the end but what they get in the show they also reduce the price of the papers again back to what they were back to what they were which didn't happen in real life but i think it's it's really nice that a show that's basically all about that actually did very well um on broadway i agree um and yeah power to the people power to the people yeah. That's Newsies. Newsies. Great show. Give it a listen. Watch them dancing. Um, yeah, watch them dancing. I think it looks really, really good. It looks stage. fantastic. And the filmed version is available online. So it was released in cinemas last year um, around the world. And it's available online. If you're in the US, I think it's on Netflix. If you're in the UK, you will have to pay online. But it's on like Amazon and probably iTunes. All the places. All the places. Um, and it's well worth watching. They got, for that version, they got the original leads back in. So Jeremy Jordan is in that and Andrew Keenan Bolger and everyone. And it is just enjoyable. It's an enjoyable and watch. inspiring. Hooray. Yay, Newsies. Yay, Unions. Yay. Bull Bulletin. Quite busy. He's been quite busy. Um, a loyal listener called Helena, who I promised to give a shout out to, nice. he had an interview in the Metro this week. He has been, oh, I've seen him somewhere else. 
I think I've seen him somewhere else. Basically, yeah, well. he's busy doing a lot of press for chess. Which, press for chess. Um, it's now open. <laughs> it's now open. Hooray. So, I mean, open in previews. Are they doing previews? I mean, it's not it's, a long It's run. a very limited it's run, limited so run. I don't Maybe think, I think not. it's just open. It's just, it's, they've done a few. I'm sure it's going great. We're going to see it soon, and then we'll very know soon. if it's going great. We'll, and then we'll have the best ball bulletin you've ever oh, heard. It's going to be fantastic. Any other business? Well, the time has come, oh, Rachel, it's here. as you know. It's here. I'm deep into my Smash rewatch, there and she I is. am having a fantastic time. Are you, you know what? I think it is so much better than I remembered. Really? Now, look, I will say that season one has three of the, if not the three most irritating characters ever to Which Grace three? TV. Leo, Alice, and Dev. Oh, is Dev really bad? I don't remember much oh, about Dev. Oh, he is. A All I remember. Like, he is so possessive and so mm. controlling. Like, low-key abusive. It's really bad. Like, he just shows up at a meeting with her director because he's worried, what, that See, she's not going to cheat on him? I hated Jack Davenport. I hated, you hated the director. Derek. So Derek is obviously a child, but I think he's an interesting character because there's lots of layers to him. But in season two, there's a whole Me Too thing with him. That loads of dancers accuse him of sexual harassment. Well, there you go. Seems so I was right all along. It's very relevant. Bad vibes. For, no, but I think that he is a troubled character and there's a lot of nuance to him, right? There's not nuance to those other three. And fair. they get dropped. And what I really enjoy, to be fair, is in the first, like, five minutes of season two, there's basically a montage in which they clearly read all the reviews from season one and get mm. rid of every shit character. Like, there's literally a letter from Dev being like, please, I love you. And she's like, nah, fuck you. And throws the letter away. <laughs> like, Ivy throws away a load of drugs because she was getting into, like, some drug problems. And clearly mm. they were like, that's not working. Let's literally Let's throw them in the bin. Let's just get rid of that. And I've been listening to Bombshell today at work. Mm. I like Bombshell a lot. I think, look, there's a lot of problems with Smash, and I'm not going to say there's not, but it is so fun. And... The cast are incredible. The songs are lovely. The songs are actually... They're written by the guys who wrote Hairspray, the majority of them. Well, in season one, pretty much all of the... Or yep. all of them. So there's basically Smash, only around for two seasons, but it's based around the the creation and production of two different shows, one of which is Bombshell, a musical based on Marilyn Monroe, which, yep, is written by the guys who wrote Hairspray. And then the second in the second season, you also get to follow the creation of a show called Hit List, which is sort of much more modern, hip, off-Broadway, kind of dark, very Rent-inspired. Like, they really keep hitting on the Rent thing, mm. which, I mean, I don't want to give massive spoilers away, but it is really on the nose for something that happens later in season two. And those songs are written by a combination of people, including Pasek and Paul, wrote ah. some of them. So they're these two very different shows. I think... I think Bombshell's better. Having not think, watched season two of Smash. Oh, season two is so good. I'm having a great time. Jeremy Jordan's in it. Andy Mentis is in it. Yeah. Jennifer Hudson's in it. Um, I mean, there's just like literally Lin Manuel Miranda, Harvey Firestein. Everyone makes a little appearance. You're just there, and there they are, just yeah. wandering in. Like literally, Lin Manuel Miranda walks past and goes hiya to one of the characters. <laughs> That's basically it. Leslie Odom Jr just um, Wesley Taylor like there's so many big Broadway names yeah there are and I'm glad Brian Darcy James was Brian Darcy James Megan Hilty Megan Hilty obviously there's just look it's flawed and yes some of the characters are incredibly annoying and some of the story is rushed and over the top and over dramatic and 
all the things that I know should be wrong with it. And sometimes I'm switching tab because I just don't care about whole storylines. But I'm, yeah. maybe that's it because I don't feel like I need to watch something if it's boring me because I've watched it before. Yeah, you can just If I'm like, tune out oh great, Leo's in this scene. Bye. Yeah. I'm just, I'm really enjoying it. If you feel you. like watching a show that isn't maybe the best, but is really binge worthy. I think it's better binge watch because mm. there are some stuff that I think they, the pacing's a bit off which I think made it really infuriating to watch it week on week. Yes. But it's really good for a binge. And the seasons are very cheap on Amazon to buy a season pass for them. And I'm just, I am just having a fantastic time. What have you been up to then? I Your have been... smashless existence. <laughs> Sad smashless I life. have started listening to a new podcast called Caliphate. It's a New York Times podcast from their ISIS correspondent, Rukmini Kalamachi, who is fascinating, who literally, like, goes to the front lines of, like, Syria and Iraq. And, like, as, like, they're trying to push ISIS back, like, there's, like, some sound clips in the first episode where she she can, like, hear the, like... So she's literally recording on the front line. Yeah, she was. Oh, wow. Um, And then she comes back to New York and there's sort of, like, interviews with... um, The first episode is about her meeting a former ISIS fighter who moves back to Canada and like assumes his old life and she's oh, like wow. amazed that he agrees to, to like into have an interview with her to but he does to be open about it Ooh. and she's like she's like asked she's like when did you decide to like quit ISIS basically and he was oh, wow. like oh, after the second time I killed someone <laughs> and she's like okay oh, sure <laughs> right do you want to tell me about that then um but it's like wow she's fascinating she's really really interesting she's really like really passionate about it um, it's a very well put together podcast. Only the first episode is out at the moment. Um, I think it's going to be about eight or nine in the first season, and it's basically trying to answer the question of like, who are ISIS? Like, who are we trying to fight? She raised a really good point actually, which is that there are more terrorists and more terror organisations now than there were like the day before nine eleven. You know, like we think we're yeah. fighting it, but we're not. We're just encouraging the spread of it. Yay! Hooray! That sounds um, really fascinating. Really interesting. Um, I've also started watching a TV show called Utopia, which is on Channel Four in two seasons like 2013 2014 which is so dark oh my god if you don't like scenes of torture don't watch it i might give it a myth don't watch it the first episode is bleak man if you're if you don't like eyes oh no i hate eyes don't watch it um but it's basically about this graphic novel called the utopia experiments which basically i think sort of like predicts the end of civilization. It's not clear, they don't make it clear, like, what it says in it. Um, but this is this group of, sort of, like, comic book fans who are obviously massive fans of this, and they have a chat room, and then one of them says, I've got this, I've, like, he has found part two of this, this manuscript, and it comes into their possession, and then they start being followed by a shadowy group called The Network, who start, like, killing them and torturing them left, right, and centre, so they have to go on the run with this manuscript, and it's very 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 dark like i can't stress how dark it is if you like sort of dark dramas it's very very good it's got a great cast nathan stewart jarrett is one of the leads i mean good for him he's not the eye one he doesn't he's just normal he's a nice guy um but yeah again i'll say it again very dark but very very good um so i'm near the end of season one of that so that's been enjoyable what a varied what a varied little section (laughs) That is it for this week's episode, guys. Thank yes. you for listening. Upstage pod in all, in all the places. You know where to find us. Yeah. Um, and we'll see you next week. See you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.